This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One. Hey, geeksters! I'm Kylan, and I'm Ken, and you found Geek Watch One. Welcome Roll back. Song about here, here you go. What? <laughs> Nothing. No, I have that cut out on you as you were going. <laughs> He was just being a silly. I was being oh. silly. Oh. Well, listening to that opening reminds me, um, I was, Vicky got in the bathtub this morning, and I sat back, turned on the TV, and what do I know on Pluto TV, Buckaroo Banzai was just starting. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I got to watch some of that this morning. Because that's one of those, and I know Kylan has to be the same way, that if it's on, it's on. I mean, yeah. the TV doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter that he owns the DVD. If it's on, then he'll just watch it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That was Actually, that kind of happened to us because once we were done watching something else this morning, Kylan flipped a couple stations and Kingsman was on. And, and we have the DVD of that, but we just kept it on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's got so much violence and cursing. It's just really funny watching it, the television version. <laughs> oh, I've not seen the television version of it. That'd be funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it, it's, yeah. Well, that's like, um, I remember one of the ones that was really funny like that was um, not action, obviously, but when Mallrats first came out in ABC. Did a cut for ABC. Uh, <laughs> I bet you think that so much. Yeah. That was crazy. The thing is, with something like Mallrats or any Kevin Smith movie, it's not always the language. It's the type of jokes. Right. You know, they can sound completely clean. They don't have any bad words. But the jokes are not clean at all. Right. <laughs> but those are the ones that usually make it through the censors. That's well, they true. did in the 90s. That's, that's the funny part. <laughs> So yeah. how you guys doing? Good. 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 We're fine. We're tired. <laughs> we went to the Ohio Bigfoot conference yesterday. We were talking about it a little bit on here before, and we had a good time. Right? Most, almost, I'd say 90 to 95% of people were wearing their masks. They didn't have anybody enforcing it, but everybody just on their own or just getting used to it at this point. Right. And we had our right. masks on the whole, we're both vaccinated, but we both had our masks on anyway, you know? Right. Just to... As much for everybody else's well-being as ours. <laughs> Unless we were eating our straight tacos, yeah. which were so good. What? My computer keeps making these weird noises. I have no idea why. But oh, no. No, I didn't do it. Not us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, that, so. and that's the thing right now. It's, it's, it's partly a matter of making everyone feel comfortable by wearing a mask, whether you need to or not. Yeah. And, and not looking like the dick who doesn't want to wear a mask. Yeah. Even if you're even if you're kind of permitted because you're vaccinated to not wear a mask. Right. <laughs> but you know what? The thing is, I, and I, pro- I know I'm pretty sure I said this before. I've noticed that in the year of wearing a mask, I have not had like the minor cold that I would get. That's what when- everyone's saying. A yeah. lot of people yeah. are saying they're going to keep wearing it because even their allergies aren't affecting them as badly right. as they usually do. Yeah. Like now, now like I'm starting to feel a little bit, with the allergies, but maybe it's because mainly I'm hanging out at home. Yeah. But it's nothing like it used to be. No, yeah. Well, there's maybe so, there's something to wearing this mask. Remember, a lot of people in Asia have already, have figured this out years ago. 
That's only because they have yeah. bad pollution. Yeah, well, that hel- doesn't help. <laughs> well, that's just it. If, if you're in the society that's actually used to already wearing them anyway, you're you're getting sick for different reasons, apparently. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I think the masks are always going to be part of our lives from here on. They won't be as strict as they always have been, obviously. But right. um, the cool thing with this, though, was um, I, got, I actually took some of my Small Town Monsters DVDs with me because Lyle Blackburn, who narrated a couple of those, was there. So I got him to sign the DVD covers. And also um, Cliff Barrickman and Bobo from Finding Bigfoot, they were both in um, Momo, the Missouri Monster, with me. I was able to get them to sign it. But you also had a, had a bathroom experience. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to use the restroom downstairs. Um, well, I went by um, Lyle's table, and no one w- and he wasn't there. I'm like, okay. So I went to use the restroom, and he's <laughs> sitting right beside me there. <laughs> so, and he, but he I didn't, obviously, shirt. I didn't say anything, because you don't walk up to the urinal and say, hey, how you doing? He saw your shirt. <laughs> but I was wearing a small-town monster shirt. So I walked, o- uh, I walked over to the um, sink, and I was washing, and he complimented my <laughs> shirt. So I was like, okay, now i got an open to talk to him in the bathroom. Right. It's fine once you get to the sink. Nothing before yeah. that. No, no, Especially no, no. they didn't have the dividers between the urinals, so it's like you don't just look turn over and say, hey, how you doing? But no. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been an even better story. Yeah. I mean, you get, if I knew him, that'd be different. Yeah. There are unwritten yeah. rules. I yeah. Mean, the guy's, guy's bathroom is totally different from the women's. Women love to talk, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Women love to talk. They will talk to complete strangers in the bathroom. But you, yeah. And at I'm the like, urinal. Shut up! I'm in the bathroom. Now, you can like if if you're at work and you work together, you can talk, but you can't be side by side. There has to be like a space between you. Yeah. yeah. Two. Yeah. You know. Well, that's just uh, in general. That's an unwritten rule that women may not know about it. Men, if there's more than two urinals, you always leave a space. Well, yeah. actually, women do that with stalls, though. Unless you, unless they do the whole group thing when they go to the bathroom, which is another thing I don't, I don't understand. understand. I don't know why women go to the bathroom together, but. Unless they do that and they get next to each other and they keep talking. Otherwise, if you go in on your own, you leave space. Yeah. See, we do that too. <laughs> and and th- th- these, this is bathroom etiquette from Geekwatch 1. <laughs> That's right. But um, back at the conference there, it was kind of cool. Have you guys ever been to Salt Fork? Nope. Nope. The lodge is awesome. It's exactly what you expect from a lodge in a state park. It's all rustic timbers and all that type of stuff. The um, It's three floors of the actual lodge and the hotel comes two wings off the back side of it. But okay. um, so all three floors. Our room was was really nice. Yeah, the room was awesome, and it was actually like wood paneled and stuff. It wasn't what you expect, like a standard just built hotel. Well, we had a balcony we could sit on too. Yeah, all of the rooms had balconies looking out into the forest. Oh, cool. Okay. So in the morning we were able to actually open the door, step outside for a minute. It was really cold though, <laughs> and actually listen to the birds and stuff. Well, I mean that's that's another reason you go to that type of place anyway. You're there for the forest and for nature, so adding exactly. it to your room, right, is a good. So, um, but we were on the top floor and, um, there was times when it got crowded, but people seemed to be, I mean, they they weren't obviously able to keep full distance, but like I said, most people had their masks on, but, um, they said they were about half capacity of what they normally would do, which is a good sign for me because it's a conference that as we're coming out of this, it's actually moving up again because they did pull it off last year in August and they said they had, um, only a couple hundred people there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one, they had probably... Um, 1,500? 1,500, yeah, maybe, that showed nice. up. And they said their normal capacity is about 3,000 people show up to this. Okay. So hopefully uh-huh. by next year, they'll be back up to full capacity. Yeah, because we met people from Pittsburgh, Kentucky, Tennessee, mm-hmm. all over Ohio, West Virginia. Yeah. Nice. And the cool thing was, Vicky, I looked at the other Our... vendors that were there, 
and almost all of them were straight Bigfoot or alien or cryptid, stuff like that. I mean, the people that are doing art and stuff. Vicky was nice because hers yeah. has half that, but half nor the regular um, art type stuff also in steampunk. So people were able to get a variety of things off of our bo- off of our table. Right. Cool. So I'm pretty you know- sure people are you no know, tired of you no know, being holed up, and so where they've had the mentality of, oh, I'll just go next year. I'll just go next year. Now they're like, now they're desperate. They're, they're desperate. Looking for when something's being, and I mean. May is when they all seem to be starting. I've noticed a lot of like the art shows and the right. craft shows and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. starting up again for May. Mm-hmm. Right. It's weird. The I mean, deadlines that a lot they... of shows come up now too. What was that? I said I'm starting to see a lot of pulp shows come up now too, and it's and it's like okay, and I was like I was sort of like okay, as I'm back there for later because yeah, a lot of any like book related show or comic show or whatever, it's going to be indoors. Yeah. So for now, you don't necessarily want a lot of indoor activities. Right. Well, also, the um, it was a lot, a lot of families. Of, yeah, we had a lot of families there, which was fantastic to see. And I guess I was mm-hmm. talking to the, we were talking to the organizer, and he was saying a lot of times you don't see as much families. I mean, you get some kids there, but it's not as much as what we had here. Right. Right. So it was a but, lot of like mom, even not even so much mom and dad. It was like grandma and aunt brought the kids. We've seen a couple of groupings right. of that. Cool. But um, the, with the shows though, it's like I think the ones that are coming now. A lot of the shows that we're seeing right now are the um, are the smaller shows that are trying mm-hmm. to get out there saying, "Hey, we were first back." Yeah, yeah. But it works because you're getting a lot of crowds of people that want to get out there. Whereas the great big shows are still a lot of them want to run this year, but they're moving back. Like I saw Origins, I believe, is it moved back to August or September? Oh, okay. Uh, right. Gen Con, I think, is going to try to run, but they're also running farther back in the year. Right. Right. Just to give everybody a little bit of extra time to get ready. Well, and and it is it is more difficult when it's an indoor space too because you also don't know about the numbers restrictions yeah. and how long place for in terms of the percentage of people you're allowed to have indoors right. for selling your tickets. You right. know, you kind of have <laughs> and, to start at the minimum, and then if it goes up, then you can sell more tickets. But and, and the reality is, you no, know, as more people get vaccinated, they feel more comfortable about that sort of thing. But we also starting to hear uh, stories about people being hesitant, and it kind of makes those that are like, oh, you know, if we get to this certain number, I'm going to feel more comfortable about going to mm-hmm. a concert. Or, but all of a sudden you hear, oh, it doesn't look like we're going to get to those numbers. So I really want to make that well, take that risk. Well, on the other side of things, a lot of places – are looking at not only mask requirements, but vaccination requirements. Yeah, because true. if you if you are running the event, you can require people to have vaccinations. Right. Period. Yeah. Right. Well if you're As selling a, if you're selling tickets, it's not a public event. That's a private well, event if you're selling tickets. But but you still have to have accommodations. Yeah. Like you still have to have something available for people who have religious reasons or medical reasons yeah. for not getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And I'm with, I'm kind of with everyone who thinks that like if you have these reasons for not getting vaccinated, you shouldn't be going to the damn show to begin with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but as long as you have an accommodation, so technically, if you can do something virtually, if you can say, sure, you can buy a ticket for half the price, and we'll give you all of this virtually, but you cannot come physically. Yeah. Because you know, as long as you provide something like that, you're still good. Yeah. Right. So because I, I know I know Andy's been considering stuff like that and looking into the legalities of it for Con on the Cob because it's such a big indoor event. Right. And I mean, uh, the past year, the one thing that we have 
been we've been able to uh, pretty much confirm is that it is possible to do a virtual live performance and it be successful. Mm-hmm. And now I think they, uh, uh, because of the success of some of the other cons now, they've been able to make it a pay experience mm-hmm. and still you know, make it virtual. So I think they would be able to say, <laughs> okay, if you if you want to go virtual, you can still do the event. Right. Here's the access code. Here's right. this. Otherwise, well, here's that. The other thing we can watch is the same thing we've mentioned before about um, to see about how – ramping up and adding people in the way um, capacities work is you look at sporting events still, which mm-hmm. the major sporting events like Major League Baseball, NBA, stuff like that. And um, it's interesting because if you look at baseball right now, the normally if you buy season tickets for, a, for say, the Cleveland Indians for us, you'd actually mm-hmm. buy and you'd say, okay, these games throughout the season are the ones I'm going to. They're not do- the, None of the sporting teams that I know of, most of them, I know the Indians are only selling one month at a time. So now that right. May has started, they're going to sell any of the tickets for the May games, but that's it. Because right. um, as of May 1st, Ohio changed their restrictions. They're going to have more people. Right. right. So then going into June, that may happen again. So they really don't want to sell ahead because they don't know what tickets are going to be available. If, it, if the numbers are going to go up or down, they don't want to sell tickets. And all of a sudden, you're not allowed to have that many people. Right. Well, and the other thing is the public doesn't necessarily want to buy tickets too far ahead of time. No. Yeah. Like, a lot of people buying the tickets want to be sure that either the restrictions aren't changing or things aren't going to get worse or, you know, like you don't want to, you don't necessarily want to buy tickets for something in September. Right. That's, that's a few months away. Yeah. That right. seems like a long time to be unsure about the goings on of the virus. <laughs> and that's true. I mean, we, we still have variants mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. and I mean, depending on where you are in the country uh, and which of the uh, you took, which of the vaccines you've gotten, you're looking at getting a booster as well. Yep. And so things definitely are improving, but it's still a very fluid situation. Yeah, a bit out of time. So, So, yeah. Well, this is something the world has never gone or the world has ever gone through in this manner. There have been pandemics and things like that, but it was a totally different time. Like, um, I someone was talking yesterday about if this had happened in the '80s, it would have basically crushed society just about. Yeah. Because you did you there was no way to work at home for for most people. Nope. You couldn't have no. done any of this. Well, also, you go the other way. The po- There are positives that have come out of this. Look what we've um, been able to do and what technologies have advanced how and how far because of this. Well, and right. speaking of that, my position just went online just a few months before this hit because right. we were right. doing physical batches and they made it digital. Mm-hmm. Literally, it it we did it a few months before it's hit. Yeah, it went online that January. Actually, it was because in part in part because of this forcing companies to go digital on so many things, increasing efficiencies, and having not just the fact that it's you know advancing technologies, but it's advancing people's learning of them that otherwise wouldn't have had to have known how you know Zoom calls and stuff work and That's true. and various things like that. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't necessarily have to do that if they were in the office right. or yeah. know a lot about the technology to work from home right. and now they've learned. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of you have. a lot of screen Man, I sharing. Went from, mm-hmm. I went from maybe 5 10% of my meetings being virtual mm-hmm. uh and those are maybe like webinars to now one hundred, all of them. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it works. It mm-hmm. completely works. It, you know, it, it, it proves that you know 
this meeting could have been an email. Like it really proves that <laughs> you you could do all this from home and hey, we don't need the office space. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But so okay. yeah, th- like I said, there's there are uh, the, people looking at this pandemic is like you we all everybody focuses on the negatives, what you can't do, what you can't do. But there are will especially give us another couple of years to look back on this. There's going to be some major positives that actually came out of this. I mean, yes, it it was a devastating, crippling thing that um, destroyed a lot of the world, but the world is going to advance because of this. Right. Right. So it and, sucks and, that it and, had to go through and, that, but that's speaking, the way it works. Speaking of moving on from things, I actually yes. got to see a friend that I haven't seen in more than a year this past week, um, a friend of the shows and a friend of Odd Mall, Kim Kennedy. Hey, Kim! <laughs> oh, I heard about that. <laughs> um, she is... Um, she, she is kind of uh, transitioning a lot of her art into tattooing now. And we all know she's a very talented singer. She's an incredibly talented artist. And uh, she's now starting on tattooing. And she's been apprenticing at a local shop. And I got an appointment with her. And uh, so I got to see her this week. And we spent a couple hours together chatting as she tattooed me. So nice. Um, I, was, I was very that we We got to chat and gossip and all kinds of stuff. So... That's well, awesome. That was nice. And you got pictures of that on fa- on your Facebook, don't you? I Have you do, ink? yes. I, it depends if people can access that or not. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> did she, <laughs> on my Instagram as well. Did so. she finish it? Um, but but you... yeah, so she, she's still doing that. And when once she gets into moving on to the shading and coloring, then I'm going to go back and get it colored as well. So, Well, how could anybody that's listening that's local, because we do have a lot of our local friends that listen to this in Northeast Ohio, how can they get a hold of her to actually get some work done? <laughs> Do you know? Um, actually, she's she's fairly open and active on Facebook. Name is Kim Kennedy, just spelt the regular way, um, K-I-M Kennedy. And she's working uh, at Absolute Tattoo in Akron on South Main. Oh wow! Uh, but she's taking she's taking um, questions and requests and and everything directly. You don't go through the shop; you just go through her. And everything she's doing is her original artwork. Like whatever you want. She's very good at doing insects and birds and flowers. That's her big thing. Uh, she does a lot of moths too. Uh, so she's doing individual ones for every person. She's not doing flash art. She's not doing, you know, I'll do this picture on 10 different people. No, everyone's getting an individual piece. Um, and that's what she's wanted to do from the beginning. Whereas a lot of tattoo artists, especially when they apprentice, do flash stuff. Yeah. So, but she's doing... She's doing unique designs for every person. So you can contact Kim Kennedy via Facebook Messenger, and um, she'll probably just give you her text, her her number to text her directly, and you can discuss designs, etc. and she can book you for it. Cool. And another thing, if anybody checks out her Facebook page or Instagram, you'll see there's a lot – she has a lot of music-based <clears throat> art that she does. She may be able to do something like that. If you find uh, – um, like her David Bowie and Prince stuff are amazing. That – well <laughs> – uh, a lot of stuff that she does, she's done uh, like massive murals and that too, yeah. and a lot of that's been music related. But I mean, as a musician, she does a lot of music stuff. So she's exactly. she's open to any requests. Like, like right now, obviously, because she's apprenticing, the tattoos are on a, a bit of the smaller side. Well, mine's not that small. I mean, it is about like six inches long, so it's not small, but. Um, she's not doing like massive back pieces or something. Yeah, <laughs> but um, check her out. Even if you don't get tattoos yourself, check out her art on um, Facebook and on Instagram. She, it is beautiful stuff. Yeah, it is. She's got she's got all kinds of pictures on her in her profile. So 
Um, but yeah, so that, that's one of the things I did. And then we watched a bunch of stuff too. So obviously we're talking about Falcon Winter Soldier in a bit. Um, oh yeah. We saw the Invincible finale. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to see that yet, but um, we're going to see it. <laughs> I mean, it's really good. It's the bloodiest episode yet. Wow, yeah, that takes a lot. Bloody. Um, And the good news is the show has been renewed for two more seasons. Cool. So even better. Now, mm-hmm. did, um, without spoiling it, did they finish it setting up for the next season? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. They did. Yeah. There are, there are some resolutions and a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the, the, the thing is, though, I think considering this is animation and they only just announced renewals, it's likely they didn't know they were getting renewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's the sort of thing. It's not a cliffhanger. I'll put it that way. There's there's still questions, but it's not a cliffhanger. Right. So so they they did kind of bring it to a close, sort of. Um. But yeah, it was good though. Yes. Um. Another thing we watched that Kylan was looking forward to was Without Remorse. Yeah, that that, was that's another one that's uh, on my list for this week. With the show and stuff, we didn't get a chance to watch any of that yet. So it, it, it's, it is, for those of you who've read the book, uh, it's uh, completely different from the, no- from the novel. Um, you know, so just kind of know that going into it. Uh, it's, definitely, it's definitely his own thing. Um, but I liked what they did with it. Um, it was, it, it, it was a good way to introduce a new character. Um, and, uh, and two, they do a good job of incorporating them into, a previously existing universe. I'll say, is it uh, in the Ryan universe? It it's own thing. Is it actually know? in the, a part so, of the Ryan universe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Cause we were asking, wondering about that. Yeah. Certain things get mentioned that let you know that if you, if you know the rest of the universe that, you know, it's part of it. Right. Good. And the thing is they, especially because they, they call it, um, they, they call it, uh, Tom Clancy's, uh, without remorse. Yeah. It, it, that, that, that was a pretty good, a pretty strong hint that that's what they were doing, but they, they make no bones about making it pretty obvious that this is all the same universe, yeah. even though this movie was meant to be a theatrical release and Jack Ryan is more of a, it is a television series. Well, currently. Um, but um there was no direct crossover though no yeah. no direct but, crossover I mean, there, but there's a potential obviously but there was no direct crossover yeah. in the movie and so if you if, if you're if you read the books and you like the books this is a different experience know that going into it but i felt like that they were faithful to the character and actually on the other side of that if you haven't read the books and even if you're not familiar with the jack ryan tv series you don't need to know any of that right you don't to you, get the movie no, you don't, and you you're you're you can be plopped into this, and you're fine. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. I will go back and watch it numerous times. Uh, Michael B. Jordan does a he he does action well. He does, and uh, his uh, the way he the the his presence on screen, he's believable. Uh, as and there's a couple of really amazing fight scenes. Yeah, yeah, it, really good. Like the it, it it it's on par with with what he's done, what he did as Killmonger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the the physicality is there, the brutality is there, and it all makes sense. It's not. Sometimes you watch this, and I'm I'm not against this, but sometimes you you watch something, and it's basically violence for the sake of violence. I I'm all for it. 
I, 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 I read books is it basically is a 200 pages of you no know, gunfights and, and fight scenes with a little dialogue in between. Hey, I'm fine with that. We watched Mortal uh, Kombat last week. <laughs> There you go, Mortal Kombat. That's a perfect example. And uh, and this this is not like that. Uh, there's there's a you, you there 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 are some twists in there. Uh, well, I'll put it like that. There's some not, definite it's twists. It's not just an action movie. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. Like, there is you know there's little twists. There's questionable stuff. It is it is the government. You know they're not going to be telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to find things out. Right. So. And Jamie Bell. Uh, now if you've if that name sounds familiar, is uh, you you saw him in uh, Snowpiercer, and you also and if you watch the, the eight, movie uh, the the movie Snowpiercer, not the TV series, but if you watch the TV series Turn, uh, he or if you saw the movie Billy Elliot, uh, yeah, I forgot he was a Billy dancing kid. So yeah, <laughs> it, he he does. He's good. He is good in this. And you know what? He's one of those characters that your your relationship with him changes as the show, as the movie progresses. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, so. He, de- he develops. He he does. He so, so yeah. So, no, do yourself a favor. If kick you like back. that kind of thing, it's yeah. a watch. Yeah. Do it. So, this, so. but um, everything you described sounds like it, it is definitely a Tom Clancy universe. Because everything you oh, yeah. said is Tom Clancy. Absolutely. I mean, um, from the action, from the twists and turns, and the stuff happening behind, and um, like um, an organization inside of an organization inside of an organization underneath the guise of someone else. <laughs> right. It's yeah. the usual thing. The usual. Yeah, yes, yeah. So um, if you've ever seen anything from Tom Clancy, you'll under you'll know the feel of this. <laughs> exactly. And, and on top of that, you get a hint of the Cold War, even though this is a modern. Uh, take that's true. That there's a hint of that's the Cold true. War in it, and it's like it fits. If you it look fits. at if you um, this was I know this was written and filmed a while ago, but if you look at modern day po- political dealings and stuff going around the world, the today feels a little bit like the Cold War anyway. Yeah. We don't we don't like to get the real world into this, but it, the real world is looking a little scary right now. You know the Cold War. Kylan loves the Cold War stuff. Anyway, you know. Um, but like I said, we watched a lot of stuff. Like this morning, we watched the first couple episodes of Yasuke. Yeah. If you didn't know, that has hit Netflix. It's only six episodes long. It's anime style about the first black samurai. But honestly, aside from being historically accurate first black samurai, that's all that's accurate about it. Yeah. Like it's a complete fantasy <laughs> anime thing. Yeah. Like, like it's like it's set in feudal Japan. But there are things that are going on. I'm like that. That wouldn't have been in fuel Japan. There's like there. There's a giant robot involved at one point. Yeah. There's, there's these like fantasy figures. There's just so it don't go like in expecting a true story kind of thing. Right. No, no, no. It's standard anime. Yeah, it is, and that that's kind of where I have a problem with it because I'm not a fan. But yeah, I'm watching it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the one that I did watch that Kylan didn't, um, that also hit this past week, is called The Mitchells versus the Machines. And it was supposed to be a theatrical release last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's from Sony, I believe. It's on Netflix. It's an animated movie about a family. It's kind of a family action sci-fi adventure movie. And it's about um, this this girl who finally gets to college and she's just going to fly away to college. And then her dad decides to make it a road trip instead to bring the family closer because we know how well that always goes. Yeah. Um, We've all seen Vacation. Vacation. 
<laughs> so not surprisingly, there's tech involved and um, it's a company much like Apple has come up with your latest personal assistant in his advance beyond the phone and it's a personal robot. So of course the robots turn evil and start attacking and this family apparently is the only ones who can survive and try and stop them even though they're fairly inept. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they also have a dog. They have a pet pug who's really like the wonky derpy pug. And the funny thing is the pug is voiced by Doug the pug. <laughs> okay. If you've ever heard of the famous calendars all over the place the past few years, Doug the pug, that's who voices the pug. Okay. Um, so for a change, a dog is voiced by a dog. Which well, is there nice. you go. I mean, uh, but, I mean, it, the, the movie's funny. It's got some, mix of animations too because the daughter is a film student mm -hmm. and she has these wild like internet instagram tiktok kind of animation styles that she like overlays into the movie when she's getting excited about things mm -hmm. so it's kind of a mix of styles which makes it a bit different to watch um and there's also a very interesting shopping mall scene with the return of an attack by furbies oh, oh nice <laughs> hey furbies are still out there that's the problem uh, so, so, so the the movie's fun, and you know it's a good family movie, and you know there's a feel good thing at the end. But there's a lot of like honestly, it was a very sci fi action movie. There's just a lot of robots attacking kind of thing. So, so now my my thing is this because we've seen this since uh since well before Hal three thousand. Mm. My thing is this: so Asimov's Three Laws. Of robotics apparently means absolutely nothing. Not in movies. No. I, but see, that makes me nervous, though, because I'm like... No, okay. I'm not even going to get into the science of it, but they have proven that robots will never be fully functioning without human interaction. They've proven that. Don't worry about it. Asimov wrote sci-fi. In movies, you can do whatever the hell you want. Therefore, robots can attack. Yeah, but you know what? You know when we ask, uh, but, we but, ask but our... You didn't let me, you didn't let me finish. Okay. Robots aren't attacking and killing people. They're capturing people. Well, still. Okay. I don't know. They're that's actually, worse. This is an animated movie. They're not killing people. No, still, it could happen. <laughs> Next, you know, your Roomba. But it is funny. The, actually, there's a Roomba scene that's oh, really funny. Oh crap! You know, these Roombas are about to attack, uh -huh. and and they're approaching the kid, the young son, uh -huh. and he doesn't know what to do because there's so many of them, mm -hmm. and they get to a, they get to an escalator, and they all start falling, and they can't do anything. <laughs> well, that Kylan, did you see? That, were right. you about to mention that meme that was on Facebook that I saw this morning? Have you seen that one? No. It shows uh, a lady on her stomach, and someone's pulling a Roomba, and it talks about a um, Roomba attack sleeping woman, where it got her hair caught up inside of it. And then the next yeah. panel down is a T one thousand saying, "And thus it begins." See, uh -huh. <laughs> but anyways, Mitchell's versus the machines. It's it's kind of fun. And the other one you can watch, real short take on Disney Plus, is 22 versus Earth. If you saw the movie Soul, you know 22 is the soul that Joel met who didn't want to go to Earth. Yeah. It's a short, um, and it is set before she meets Joe. Okay. And it's a lot of things about her trying to disrupt what's going on and get more souls to agree not to go to Earth. And, of course, things go very wrong. So it lists it at nine minutes, but when you consider – all of the credits involved it's really only like a five or six minute short yeah. but it's it's fun it was worth watching okay if anything that's the one small criticism i have over the um within the last six months of disney stuff anything on disney plus the credits are six or seven minutes long for everything i mean i understand that's yeah. what you have to do it 
but yeah. <laughs> well, the the other thing is you're not just getting all the basic credits; you get all the translation credits. Yeah, right. Too, yeah, another yeah. couple of minutes long. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but anyway, we've been that. And the thing is, that was only the past few days of watching stuff because we finally had time to sit down and watch. Yes. Some- yes. Well, hopefully uh, this week coming up, we'll we'll get a chance to slowly start. We're into that too. <laughs> So do you have a – we're running late already on this, so do you have just a couple of headlines real quick before we get into Falcon Winter Soldier, or do you just want to get right into that? I can I can do a couple of quick ones because all the stories were fairly brief this week anyway. Okay. Uh, we heard about Green Lantern casting, just to get that out of the way. Finn Whitrock is going yes. to be playing Guy Gardner in the HBO series coming up. Um If you're not familiar with him, if you've ever watched American Horror Story, he was on a few seasons of that. He um he actually got an Emmy nomination for the Freak Show season. He was the preppy schoolboy. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. who ended up killing a bunch of people. Uh, That's interesting because <laughs> Guy Gardner was doesn't the character doesn't match with that character at all. But that, I mean, he's an actor; he can play anything. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with him because this guy is a brunette. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Are they going to dye his hair or give him a wig or what? Because guy has to be a blonde. The, the 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 wigs and hair dyes are working better the past few years, yeah. so we'll have to see what happens. Um, so we got that. We also found out that um, the World of Darkness is going to have a movie and TV shared universe, which is kind of cool. Um, Eric Hesserer, who's the showrunner of Netflix's newly popular Shadow and Bone series, is developing the universe based on... Um, World of Darkness, which is the line of games that includes Vampire the Masquerade, Mage the Ascension, and Werewolf the Apocalypse. Ah, okay. So they're all White Wolf stuff. He's working with Christine Boylan, who's a writer-producer of shows such as Punisher and Constantine, and the production company Hivemind, which produced The Witcher and The Expanse. Oh. So you've got quite the good range of involvement here. Um, So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. That's just in so there's no news even on where it would play uh, in terms of where series and stuff would show up. Well, the interesting idea with this is um, I know with Vampire, it's very political, which is weird to say for yeah. a vampire, but it, it with different clans and everything else. I don't know. I think the werewolf one has clans also. I'm not sure yeah, about the other games. So it's like this is going to be interesting to see. This is not what people are going to expect to see out of right. supernatural TV shows if they go if they go the way the games are designed. Mm. Right. It'll, and it'll, But it'll work out well because... Honestly, there have been some shows, if you look at like things like Vampire Diaries or True Blood, there's been some very political stuff involved in those. Yeah, right. Um, so, and people are used to things like Game of Thrones giving them all the politics. Right, yeah. So, but that's obviously a couple years down the line since it's just starting. One of the interesting things from this week is the fact that Fox is starting a new project called Bedrock, which is a sequel to the Flintstones series. Okay, well... Um, it is set 20 years after the original series and all the classic characters will be back. We're looking at Pebbles as a 20 something trying to forge her own path and Fred on the verge of retirement. So they did this in the seventies and it was the, um, Bam Bam and Pebbles show. They did that. What I think that was considered more of a spinoff, whereas this is directly a sequel. It's coming directly from it. Um, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Banks is actually going to be voicing Pebbles. Oh, okay. Um, she does a lot of voice work now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they are considering it just like the original. They're considering it a primetime animated adult comedy. Okay. So it's going just like the original Flintstones, which I think a lot of people still yeah. don't realize mm-hmm. it was for adults. Right. Well, um, the one thing with I think with this is hopefully they don't go too adult with it. 
Because when the comic books, um, a couple of years ago, DC put out a Hanna-Barbera um, adult line, basically. And they had aged it. Right. We had talked about it on here. They had aged up all the characters. And I read yeah. the first if- episode of Flintstones. The problem was they put too much of um, what adults see in see the real world into the Flintstones then. Right. So it had gone past satire into basically just the Flintstones of modern times. Like, P- Barney and um, Fred were veterans of the Paleolithic Wars or something. They had PTSD, and it said, like, the Water Buffalo Club, they were going to, like, um, veterans meetings and stuff. It, it, it didn't feel right. They right, gotta, they hopefully did. they find people who actually were fans of the Flintstones to be able to bring this up and actually do a modern take on the Flintstones but still have the feel of what made the Flintstones special. Well, if it's intended to be a primetime show, they've got to look at things like um, Bob's Burgers, American Dad, Family Guy, Simpsons. Yeah. Like, you're going to be looking at those kind of things for the comedy. And honestly, there's very little serious in any of those shows. Yeah, right. So I think if in comparison, they're, they're, I can't see them going too serious because that's never what the Flintstones was. The Flintstones no, was no. really kind of just all around hokey. Um, so far, they're just looking at a pilot. So um, we're not positive it's going to go to series. But if it's picked up, it is going to be co-produced by Warner Brothers Animation and Fox Entertainment. I want them to bring the band back. I'm just saying, I love when they had the band. (laughs) Pebbles and Bam Bam's band? Yeah. I want something to happen that gives us Frederick back again. Oh, Frederick. Frederick was awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. Hey. Or or when they do the Twitch. Remember the song? Twitch, Twitch. Twitch. (laughs) No, I want to see if the Great Kazoo shows up. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. It says all the classic characters. No, not Kazoo. And, but the other thing is you'll see if you get guest stars because you got guest appearances on the original all the time. Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> I think he's dead. Nipsey Russell. Well, and the best part is, remember, the guest stars on the original, actually they drew him to look like the actor who was playing it just in the Bedrock right. style. You remember Anne Margrock? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, how about Dr. Robert Newhart? That's right. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if he's a doctor, but in my head, he's he can a, doctor. Be a doctor on the show. Yeah. My last thing is just kind of really funny. Um, we all know and love Stephen Amell as Green Arrow. And this past week, last week, he went to Walt Disney World, <laughs> one in Florida. And he posted some pics of him and his family. Obviously, being masked up, no one's going to recognize him anyway. Because, um, you know, they never recognized the Green Arrow on the show. <laughs> so, and anyway, that was grease paint across the eyes. The, the funny thing is. Kylan has something in common with him that was posted this past week. And he shared a picture from Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. For those who don't know, this is a ride slash game. And you sit in cars and you're taken through this black light ride. And you have these laser pointers, essentially, that you fire at targets. And you see who in your car wins at the end by, mm-hmm. by hitting as many targets as possible. You're going against all their little aliens and all the stuff that Buzz Lightyear faced. Well, he shared a picture from this, because you get your picture taken on the ride, and said, My wife destroyed me on this ride. She has better aim than me. Which is difficult for someone who played the greatest fictional archer of all time to admit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Because yeah. years ago when Kylan and I were there and, and played this, um, I beat him. Just she, smoked him. She, she smoked me squarely. Like, I don't know I where. I thought it was funny when I saw that picture come up. I'm like, oh, we have something to come I, I was like, I, I don't even know how she did it, but she did. Because here's the pro tip, okay? Uh-huh. If anyone going to Disney on this game ride 
when you're going around curves, always turn around because there are targets on the back of the character. See, yeah, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay because I was Mission Commander or Mission Space. Yeah. I got oh, that. Okay, yeah, okay. so. Moving on. Let's go. <laughs> so, now we get to move into some heavier and lighter. That's right. Because we got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Which, now at this point, yeah. since everybody should have seen it by now, we now know the sh- series, if they do it again, has a new name. It's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yes. And the the funny thing is, by the end of the series, you know Bucky was no longer the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, But they actually said they didn't want to s- change the title card to say, like, Falcon and White Wolf. Because they didn't want to, uh, I mean, Captain America and White Wolf, because they didn't want to take away from the punch of changing it to Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Yes. So, um, one thing I, I like. Something a little more serious on this that I want to get into, just because I did not, it did not click in my head until I watched the, um, this morning I watched the Assembled, the making of show. Mm-hmm. Um, this show very much is a racially driven show where, um, yeah. I'm talking about, um, Different blacks struggles. living in America. Different struggles. And yeah. the struggles they have and things like that. I did not, for some reason, it never clicked in my head that this was ni- about probably 90 to 95% written and filmed. Before any of the events of last year. Yeah. Right. And last year, yeah. um, now this is also, everything that happened last year was a culmination in like a volcano erupting of stuff that's been happening for years. But it's right. not been on the mainstream and where everybody's looking at it on the face. On the face of every paper in America and all the all over the internet. It wasn't as out there as it was um, last spring and into summer. Right. And this show was, um, and it, it is just amazing how this, the way this works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was it was uh, it's one of those things that like when you find out exactly how much of it was filmed last year, you're like, how in the world did it, it, it had this come out when it was planned to come out? It would have been powerful, but not nowhere as powerful as it is now. Like timing is really everything, mm-hmm. and it. And I'm not saying that all the things that happened last year were good because they weren't, but it was good in the sense that it brought these issues to the forefront. And then to take an iconic character and put them in the middle of all Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, because at the beginning, obviously a lot of it was written before a lot of the events happened. Mm -hmm. And because they had to take such an extended break, they were able to kind of respond to American and world events mm-hmm. um, in a way that was different from what they would have done originally. Right. And I think a lot of, like they said in, in assembled um, with Sam's final speech being a conversation between the writer and, and Anthony Mackie more than anything when they were trying to sort it out. I yeah. think that is, that speech was something that would not have happened if the series had gone through and been able to film right from the start. No. Well, also they, he said that um, the way he, they framed that was sounds like most of that speech was Anthony Mackie. And it was him saying, this is what I got to say. And no. um, the writer basically turning it into what the way Falcon would say it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I mean, the thing is, and it's true because I watch, we all watch a lot of superhero stuff. No, and really? we all watch a lot of action stuff. And the thing is, Nobody ever asks why. Like, they they don't. Like, you know, the good guys are the good guys. The bad guys are the bad guys. 
and they don't ask why. Like even even with Killmonger, Kill, and Killmonger is one of those characters that everybody can agree. Like you you can see why he did the things he did. Mm-hmm. You don't agree with the methods, but you see why he did what he did. But nobody ever asked why. Mm-hmm. And for and, and when he and, and when Sam said that, it, I think you're gonna see. I, that is something that changes. Not just maybe how we're going to see things in in uh, movies and books and that sort of thing, but maybe how we approach what's going on now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it, it was the sad part about this is I'm wondering if this had come out when it was supposed to, if it would have actually changed anything. It wouldn't have. It, it wouldn't have because we didn't have the sheer volume of events to. But the thing is. It was still always a show about race. It was always yeah, right. going to be a show about race. Right. Exactly. Because even at the beginning, the whole thing was Sam gave up the shield and they chose a white guy. And Isaiah was always going to be in the show. Right. They were yeah. always going to have that secret black experiment mm-hmm. in the show. So it was always going to be there. It was always going to be a racially charged show. It was mm-hmm. always going to be making statements about race and your place in the world and the flag smashers with what they're doing, it, it kind of crosses over between race and nationality and, and poverty level. Mm-hmm. Also in a way so, shows Walker with him being military, him having so much trust in the government and then seeing it in the end, how much manipulated he was. Yeah. He had blown right. so much up and blew his ego up that he was believing what he was being told to do. That was that was part of what made the big difference between him and Steve. Because if you watch Steve Rogers in the Avengers movies, <laughs> in the Captain America movies, he had a sense of what was right, and he did not always agree mm-hmm. with the government. Right. You know what? I I remember when he went in and saw what was being built when Nick first showed him the the helicarrier, the ships, and everything mm-hmm. being built. Yeah. And he said, "That's you can't do that." Right. And it didn't matter that the government was saying, no, this is what we're doing. This is the plan. We're going to find these people and, and locate the, the dangers and get rid of them. And he's mm. like, but you can't do that. You can't no. just do that ahead of time and get rid of them. Like he was already going against the government. Right. Whereas Walker was like, I'm going to do everything I'm told and everything that's mm. right according to the government. And and that was and at the heart of Steve Rogers. That's that's what made him a super soldier because Steve Steve has an amazing moral compass. Um, and Walker did not and, have that. <laughs> Walker and I'm not saying and I'm not saying that Walker was inherently a bad person, but Walker was one of those soldiers that you pointed him in the direction you told him to go. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. He didn't necessarily think about it. And that's why he needed Lamar. Yeah, well, Lamar was his conscious. You can also look at it as um, the difference being um, John Walker was a weapon. Yeah. Steve Rogers was Captain it, America. Yeah, yeah. But also you makes know, me it, want to know what happened in the past, what, how he got those those three medals that they keep throwing in his face. Yeah, right? do we get a backstory well, at some point? <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, you no, know, he said that those medals, they gave him those medals to remind him of the worst day in his yeah. life. Well, and that's and that's something to think about because a lot of times when when a, a soldier is awarded those medals, uh, it is because that they were that they performed above and beyond in a situation that was pretty dire. Yeah, well, and a, lot, it, a lot of 
lot of times the ones that end up with the medals are the only ones that survive something that exactly. happened. Right. And, you know, we don't think about the cost of that either, which is another why. We don't ask that why. Yeah. And, and we don't want to know Once he it. takes the serum, that basically that PTSD and that ego and everything mixes with that serum. It does. That's well, what came out. Speaking and, on and that, his- they said with the changes um, that the serum seems to make to everybody. And remember, they were talking to Baron Zemo. And Zemo said, nothing good has ever come out of that uh, serum. No one's ever come out the same way. And Bucky speeds up. Steve Rogers did. And Zemo, you see Zemo stops. Wade Skullbeats says, there's never been another Steve Rogers. So there was yeah, something right. specifically special about Steve is why we got right. Captain America. Exactly. exactly. It wasn't the serum. Right. It was the man they gave it to. Yeah. Right. Well, because Steve, Steve was Captain America before he even had the serum. Yeah. It, when, when he was that skinny, scrawny he was, I soldier. I mean, think about it. He was fighting to get in the military regardless of his physical prowess or anything like he just they they were kept trying to keep him out they what they 4b was it 4b 4f 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 them and and he just kept trying and he wanted to get involved he was the scrapper he was always in for the fight and and like he said he could do this all day and that was there before the serum he was always going to be that way and that's something that um stark saw in him and that's why he was chosen for the program yeah exactly and you know and all these other people get it randomly yeah, <laughs> and, and like they said, you know, what happens when you get somebody who 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 doesn't have anything, mm-hmm. and and they they're powerless, but then they're given this power. Right. What happens, you know? And the the, the reality is, you a lot of these people can't handle that. Mm-hmm. You know, they get it, and what they want is to get back, and it's not necessarily get even. I want to get what's mine and get yours too. Right, you know that, that and that's and this show goes there with that. Well, and, and if you think about it, you've got Walker constantly reminded that he's not a super soldier like Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. so he'll never be Steve Rogers. Doesn't matter if he's called Captain America. Yeah. Well, and he that, desperately, he desperately that, wants to be. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's soldier. also the mm-hmm. point there that he's always being reminded that yeah. Steve Rogers was Captain America. He's not being called yeah. Captain America. He's being called John Walker, Captain America. Yeah, he gets mm-hmm. called Walker through the whole thing. Yeah. Right. And then when Falcon, when when Sam finally gets it, when he gets the shield, the last thing he would ever do is take the serum because that's not the point. Right. Yeah. And he's all about, yeah, he can be Captain America. He even gets called Cap right from the start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't need the super soldier serum mm-hmm. to live up to what he knows Steve Rogers no. stood for. Well, I mean, and I go back to this. And when we when we first meet him in uh, the Winter Soldier, and Steve and Sam and uh, Steve and Sam are talking to Nick, mm-hmm. and I and I, I believe Nat, Nat is there too. And then he he says whatever to Steve. Then he looks at Sam and Sam, hey, don't look at me. I do everything he does, just slower. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and that is so true. And that is something that you, from the Winter Soldier to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that holds true. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even like that training montage. Like, okay, you know, I love my training montages, right? <laughs> but to see him, you know, resolve that this is what needs to happen. Right. Uh, especially after that very real conversation uh, with Isaiah. And and I 
and I can say uh, we we were talking about this on Mighty Marvel Geeks. I have had similar conversations as a young man with uh, older black men, and uh, there is a certain point of view, and that point of view is very valid, you know, based on their experiences. Mm-hmm. And I I grew up in a different time, but you know what? I still had to take those points of view into account. Right. Um. Well, you have. The older point of view is basically it doesn't matter what you try to do because nothing's changing. Right. Whereas now you see that things are actually changing mm-hmm. and you have to do something to be part of that change. You do. That, that's, a, that's the generational thing. And I think that's where the Isaiah Sam dynamic comes in. Like Isaiah is like, you know, you do what you feel you have to do, but I didn't do it because I couldn't change anything. Right. Sam is like, I can change something. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, because, and the thing is, if he, if Sam, Sam had the choice of taking what Isaiah said to heart. And, and especially when Isaiah said, no self respecting black man will ever want to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a big one. That, and that was a big one. And I, I have to admit, if I, if I put myself in Sam's shoes, what would I do? You know, because it's like I remember growing up and hearing things like there's no place for a black man in a white man's army. Even in the 70s and the 80s, I -hmm. heard that. The funny thing was I come from a military family. My dad's military. My uncles, two of my uncles are both military. So I I, I got this mixed message. Um, But if you don't do things to change, nothing changes. changes. Mm In the 90s, we got a black man as the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. In the 70s, that would have never happened, you know? Well, I mean, this show, get, having having the mantle move to a black man, <laughs> this show wouldn't have happened even 10 years ago. No, it wouldn't have, no. But Mar- honestly, I think along the way, Marvel knows, obviously Marvel knows it's comics. Right. Marvel knows what's gone on in the comics yeah. and it knew where it wanted to go right. way back then when it brought Falcon in. Yes. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't bring in, you have to look at strategically how Marvel brings in characters. Mm-hmm. And if you pay attention to the comics and the character arcs, Marvel gets there eventually. Right. So you can look at all these characters who are even new to some of this universe, like newer ones, like, um, like even Captain Marvel or coming up, you've got Ms. Marvel or mm-hmm. She-Hulk or all of those. You can kind of predict where they're going to end up. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, uh, 2008, 2007, 2008, somewhere in there when uh, Truth, Red, White and Black came out. I, 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 I read it. I loved it. I didn't think that we would ever see Isaiah Bradley in the MCU because of the stink that that series caused. I didn't think it was ever going to happen. This was the way to do it. This was the way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I I tell people, I've been telling people, I'm like, you know, if you just wanted to, if you thought that this was just going to be a straight up actioner, you're missing out. Um, That's that's all Marvel stuff. Yes, it is. There's a lot of messaging in Marvel. But going back to the comics, you also have other comic related things going on. Mm Mm-hmm. With Sharon Carter. Yeah. That's yeah. another one that's big. Because for those who don't know the comics, um, Sharon's been a character since the 70s. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
she's been in the comics. She was a love interest of Steve Rogers, even in the comics. So we knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, she was killed in 1979 in the comics. She was killed off and wasn't brought back until 1995. And when she was brought back, they basically kind of retconned the death as faked. And she was disappointed that Steve believed she was dead. There had been a fire and he saw video footage of her in the fire. Mm -hmm. She was disappointed that he thought she was dead. But because she basically, just like this show, been left out in the cold, she went rogue. She didn't do the whole evil turn that she's done in the show. Right. She didn't become power broker. That's a new thing. Um, But she did end up working with Red Skull on various things, but as more of a double agent sort of thing and eventually came out on the good side. So that really, that whole turn, that was from the comics too. Right, right. And well, I, I, knowing that we were getting Power Broker, I liked what they did with this. Um, although, I, you know, I tip my hat to Don because Don saw this coming like five miles away. <laughs> Basically, the episode Sharon showed up, and I told Kylan she was the power broker. That's, we did. were discussing it, she too, did. because at the end, when just that one phone call, is like two or three words she says, it's like, wait a minute, there's more going on here. Well, because I pointed out to Kylan, I'm like, you see how rich she is? She's just making phone calls, making things happen? What do you think? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I don't no. know the character of power broker at all before this. So it's like, but I knew they'd mentioned someone called the power broker, and it's like the, what she was doing. So I was just watching, and then you can see the foreshadowing if you're looking for it. It's one of those. Well, things, if you're not looking for it, it doesn't click. And especially in the next episode, when after they have that big fight mm-hmm. with all the shipping containers and stuff, mm-hmm. and she there's someone she gets into a car with someone who's apparently her driver. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my, she's got the power. <laughs> well, so like in the comics, the power broker uh, gives uh, is the person who actually gives. Uh, John Walker, his uh, the his super soldier. Yeah, uh, it is related to the whole. It John is related Walker to that. Line. Okay. Uh, now, but I believe in I believe in the comics. Lamar gets it too. Yeah, Lamar. Um, Lamar ends up with powers. He he ends up. Well, now, doesn't the power broker have some connection to the X Men universe also? The X Men side of the no. Marvel universe. No, no. I could have swore someone but, said it had to, something in there. Madripoor is connected. Madripoor is. Now um, and actually, even that, even isn't it that bar? Yeah, the that, bar. The bar is directly related to Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. So now the other thing is that the the power broker does now know if they're going to do this is they have the uh, ultimate wrestling league, which basically takes all these superheroes and and it's like a big like wrestling. Uh-huh. organization yeah so i don't know if we're going to see anything like that because yeah. ben Grimm wrestles in that organization from time to time <laughs> superpower pro way. wrestling i'm in <laughs> that's the way to bring in the fantastic four have ben Grimm show up wrestling <laughs> it well, could i mean hey the next fantastic four movie i don't expect to see an origin nope. no no no. no there better not be considering all no the they don't need to be no they they're gonna have- what, more than likely, one of these other movies, before their movie, they're going to show up, and either they'll just touch on it there, or it'll be like a news story somewhere on the ba- in the background, and then they'll show up in one of the other movies, and then they'll have their own movie. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, another thing to get to with, um, with, with surprise guests on the show is when we ended up with Val. Right, yes. <laughs> the Contessa. <laughs> oh, man. See, yeah. I didn't know that character. I know it was a comic book character, but it's another one that I didn't know. Yeah, that was 
That was a surprise on a couple of levels because number one, just the character, but number two, who they got to play the character. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Julia Louis-Dreyfus showing up in a Marvel property was just kind of weird. Right. <laughs> I, had, I had heard before she showed up that she was cast, but yeah. they'd not, they'd, no one said who it was. Right. And they actually, they snuck her on the set because of like one of those whole cloak over the head kind of things because mm-hmm. they didn't want to give away a peek at who she might be. And the thing is, the peek was actually the fact that she had a streak of color through her hair because um, in the comics... One of the names she has gone by is Madame Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I know that name. Yeah, that's that's who Val has been in the comics. And uh, she's basically a double agent. So we don't know at the end of the show. We have no idea what yeah. side she's on. Well, yeah, because she, she worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. She was like Nick Fury's sweetheart on and off again kind of thing. But she was also tied to an organization called Leviathan. Yes. And okay. Leviathan at ties to the CIA. Leviathan is almost like the next stage of Hydra. Yeah. That could be where things are going. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting because when Brian Michael Bendis took over action comics, they have a new organization that or um, criminal organization in in Metropolis called Leviathan. Interesting. (laughs) And Bendis is the one that brought that in. Makes me think of supernatural too. Right, Leviathan <laughs> is supernatural. Um, and and the other thing is, um, if, even in Assembled, they were talking about the character as kind of like the dark Nick Fury. Right. So you know they're not treating the character as a good guy, really. No, I mean and she's flirty and fun and maybe crazy and yeah. I love the personality they're giving her in house. It's like um, she'll be talking to someone and offhandedly mention something here that goes right back to what you're talking about and. It was. You know, it's me, awesome. Call me Val, but only in your head. Don't call me yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> so one of the questions is the fact that she makes Walker into U.S. agent. Yes, another comic book character. Go look it up. Um, mm. <laughs> there's a whole lot going on wrong yeah. with U.S. agent. Yeah. Um, doesn't much change from the way Walker was. No, no. But so there's there's questions about what she's doing. There's the possibility that maybe she's putting the Thunderbolts together. And they they specifically said they didn't want to bring the Thunderbolts into the show because there was so much already going on. Mm-hmm. So I think because they mentioned that, that might be what's actually happening. Uh, now, if you don't know Thunderbolts, that's where um, I was going. <laughs> they're similar to the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Ah, they're, okay. Um, they're not always the worst of the worst, but they're not necessarily the good guys. And they put them together to go into dangerous situations. And if they get killed, it's not a great loss. That was my next question. Is it vill- are they villains or heroes? Yeah, it's kind of that gray area. Like, you know how you, you look at Suicide Squad and you know they're technically villains, but at the same time they do something heroic to get yeah. something out of it? Right. It's, 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 I would say it's villains being heroes. Yeah. And right. interestingly, there's been quite a mix of them over the years. I actually read last year, I read a Thunderbolts collection that involved Luke Cage. Yeah. Luke Cage was uh, the leader. He's actually headed it. As yeah. Well. So, it, you know, that that would be an interesting way to bring in the Netflix people, though. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's true. Now, now, the thing is, so the other thing is that U.S. Agent was also an Avenger at one point. Yep. So, well, he was Captain America. No, no, no. We you when you were U.S. He, agent. Okay. <laughs> no, say. no. John Walker was never. So when John Walker he was, was never Captain America, accepted as Captain America. Yeah, he he was he was like Captain America for all of like five minutes. Yeah. So even shorter than the show, right? Because <laughs> so like because short story. Steve 
is mad at the government. He's like, screw you guys. You can you can have the shield. You can have the uniform. Yeah, he's the I'm, one that gives it up. Yeah, I, I'm on my own. So then he creates another uniform that is U.S. agent's uniform, but he creates it and he becomes the captain. And then the then the government is like, hey, we got somebody for this. Hey, uh, hey, John Walker, here, you're going to be Captain America now. And get your buddy over there. He's going to be Bucky. That's a whole other story. And then Bucky, they realize that, oh, we don't, we shouldn't have a black guy named Bucky. We're going to make him Battlestar. Okay, so now you got Captain America and Battlestar. Meanwhile, Steve Rogers is like looking at what's going on here. He's like, not my problem. I'm going to keep doing my thing. And things are still going more wrong. And then all, all of a sudden, Steve is like, okay, I got to do something. Which, if you guys have a chance, read Captain America 350. Awesome issue. Steve Rogers, John Walker, fight it out. Oh, my God, so good. Steve Rogers. That's, beat the, that's like the only thing you were missing in this show was like the legit Captain America, yeah, Captain just, America fight. So, <laughs> so Steve Rogers beats the guy like he stole something, takes the shield back, and then uh, then John Walker goes off, licks his wounds. And then Steve is like, look here, I'm sorry I kicked your butt, but you need to learn a lesson. Here, I know you're a super soldier. Here, take this shield. Here, take this uniform. Learn something. And then that's how we got U.S. agent. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, Kylan can at least give you the comics history. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I, I have to admit, like, that, uh, that that is one of my, when I bought that issue, it was in a spinning rack mm-hmm. in a convenience store. I loved, I read that thing over and over again just because that story was so good. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we get out of this, um, right at the very end, of course, is is when we find out just how dirty Sharon Carter is. Um, every all the charges get dropped against her. But she's pardoned. She becomes Agent Carter. That's the first time she's been called Agent Carter. She was Agent Thirteen prior to this. Right. She has taken on the uh, technically like a mantle from her aunt being Agent Carter now. Yeah. Um. And then she makes that phone call. First of all. We don't know who this phone call is to. Right. This phone call could be to Val. Mm-hmm. Or, interestingly enough, if you consider your MCU history, it could be to Justin Hammer. Because if there's one person who has wanted direct access to the country's technology and equipment to get revenge on a certain Iron Man, it's Justin Hammer, who's still in prison. Right. Yeah. So combining those things and considering Sharon Carter's access now to everything it could lead right into armor wars Mm -hmm. and we already had war machine don Cheadle show up at the beginning of this series right so well also the way if nothing else it shows that um she's not the top of the food chain because everything up to this point looked like the power broker is the one in charge right but no she's working if if she may not be at the top, but it sounds like she may be, if nothing else, part of a coalition organization up above. Like, she's sitting at the table right. of the heads of this whatever the organization is, and we know it's not Hydra at this point. Hydra right. was played with all the way through this, but we never actually saw them anywhere. <laughs> no, no, no. That's she may right. also just be the one that has the brains and the know-how of getting whatever, you know, she even said it, get what anything they want. Mm-hmm. She knows how to get it. And, right. and, and really, she used Sam and Bucky. Oh yeah. This whole, yeah, she, she helped did. them and eventually got her to the point of being pardoned and getting this access. So right. she knew what she was she's much like Val, she's two or three steps ahead. Like yes. she yes. knew what she was doing mm-hmm. throughout this because she knew what that could get her. Yeah, well everything well, up until you know, dumped her. Like, she kinda of didn't have a choice. Yeah. She's a 
and you know yeah, exactly she'll she'll play whatever side she needs to but, right and the funny thing is it's it's a much different sharon carter than we knew right which is what made it so interesting to watch her mm-hmm. because you didn't know what she was doing necessarily right and what her end goal was right you could also wonder if this is not the sharon carter without the influence of steve rogers right it was steve rogers her moral compass where it's like okay because of what i know this guy and what he would do this, you know, what I mean, would direct a little bit of, but uh, so I know where the right, where North is, because of well, seeing yeah. what decision he would make. But now Think that he's gone, it. she decides she got, on her own. She got left in the cold by the government, by the Avengers, and by Steve. Exactly. Yes. She's so, so she she definitely got dropped, and um, and then the, and the thing is with the whole Steve thing, you also have Bucky trying to figure out what the hell's going on through this whole show. Right. Yeah, that's the one we haven't got to yet. <laughs> He's never been without Steve, and he even said at one point, aside from the short break he had in Wakanda, he's always been fighting. Right. Yeah. He doesn't know how to live. He doesn't know how to live life. And so I liked in, in Assembled how they showed that it was like, we know this guy's old. Yes. We have to make it so that he doesn't act old, but he's also not comfortable with the real world. Right. So yeah. that... You know, the the way they dressed him was classic, mm-hmm. but not modern, and you know stuff like that. Right. And interacting with people and interacting with technology was just kind of odd for him. Well, that's well, and, you know, he's, uh, one of his best friends is basically as old as he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you know, the old well, guy that he. The major difference between Steve and um, Bucky is Steve lived a normal. He aged normally. He was trapped in ice for fifty years. Whereas nice. Bucky, if I remember, they said as Winter Soldier, now he remembers all the stuff he did, correct? Yes. Yeah. So he's lived 90 years and been at the age yeah. he is now. He said that. Whereas Steve lived the 40 or 50 years like normal and just had the break in the middle. So Bucky has the entire time in between that 50 years that Steve didn't have to be mm-hmm. uh, to under. That's why it's not as much a uh, uh, man out of time that Steve was. He's just as right. old as Steve, if not older. Well, no, he is older. Because remember, Steve was the kid in the street, and Bucky was already going to war. Yeah, he's right. a few years older. So it's like he's um, older but, than Steve, but he's experienced that entire time. Well, he said that. But, he's been a soldier for, for 90 yeah. years. Yeah, and, and that's just it. It's not that he's out of time. It's that he's out of touch because he's been a soldier, because he's been fighting. Like, honestly, with the stuff that he's done, even if you just look at the movie run, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a prisoner who's been behind bars for 50 or 60 years mm-hmm. and then gets released into the real world. Right. They don't know how to act. Right. They don't know. I mean, even at the beginning, he was sleeping on the floor. Right. Think about his progression through the show. By the end, he was sleeping on the couch at Sam's sister's house. Right. Yeah. He was actually able to sleep on something comfortable. Right. And actually sleep. Yes. Like, he couldn't do that. Like, he, that, that was kind of the cool thing. Like, he found his family. Yeah. He, um, you know, the, you know, the other thing about, uh, about Bucky was that, um, he, it would, when Sam said, well, he and Sam are playing catch because basically that's what they were doing and they're having that heart to heart and Sam tells him, you know, what, what you were doing, you weren't making amends, you were avenging. He, but you know, he not told that him he had to do the work. You have to do the work, and that's and that is real talk, uh, and that's for for everyone that's going through something. 
that to get through what you need to get through, it's not an easy task. It's not just marking off things on a list. Mm-hmm. You, you got, know. Well, you said it in the description of that real quick. To get to get through something, you got to get through. Getting through is a verb. You have to actually yeah. move through it and do things during that time. It's not just A to B, you're done. Right. And actually, by the time we get to that point in the show, mm-hmm. it shows how much the relationship between Sam and Bucky has changed. Right. At the beginning, they get along, kind of. Yeah, well, that's because <laughs> Sam was just Sam was Steve's other friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's... They're like it's it's kind of like when you have two really good friends, mm-hmm. but you're the connector, and those friends don't really meet <coughs> and don't have as much in common. Right now, they have to get along, and obviously they have to work together. Right, but it's not. It wasn't just like a working relationship. Mm. It changed along the way where Sam could say that to Bucky. Right, and mm-hmm. Bucky would actually hear him. Right, and Buc- Bucky needed because Bucky doesn't connect like outside of Steve. Bucky doesn't connect with people. No. Nope. He doesn't. And Sam Sam played the dirty pool thing that Southern families do, and they bring you in and, you know, include you in with all the all the stuff. Like, you know, he brought Bucky and had Bucky help him fix the boat and then kind of bring him into the community. And then next thing you know, Bucky had a family. <laughs> you know, because – because Bucky was just sort of like, no, I'm just doing this to try and, and I don't and, know, maybe distract myself. And and everyone felt it at the very end when they were all together and mm-hmm. the family and the community was together having a party. And it, Bucky was the cool uncle <laughs> driving up, bringing a store-bought cake, but it didn't matter because he brought something. Right. <laughs> and, you know, kids hanging off his arm and comfortable with everyone because his gloves were literally off yes he never took gloves off with people no and he no. had them off at the end with the family he did yeah. that so bucky bucky it, he he got what he needed he did there was a lot of character development for like everyone in this entire it was show. it was <laughs> and you know and see to see as see bucky bucky took sam to church he was taking sam to church from the beginning on the thing was Bucky was mad at Sam for personal reasons, but Sam had to get to where he needed to get to when he was ready to get there. Yeah. And, and then once Sam got there, he understood where I, why the things that he did and the decisions that he made affected Bucky the way he did. Mm-hmm. And Sam's words finally got to Bucky. But they had to get they had to get through a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, <clears throat> you had to get shot at and and kicked off of uh, off of you no know, tr- trucks to get there. Apparently, yeah. but, but Bucky knew Sam was going to get there eventually because let me tell you, Wakanda doesn't make those suits in an hour. No, okay? yeah, no, so, no. So he knew he contact he was in touch. You know he was in touch with Wakanda anyway. Yeah, and he's like, this is going to happen. You got to make the suit. Right, yeah. and the look on Bucky's face. When he first saw Sam flying in that suit, mm-hmm. he was like a proud papa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I – uh, Go ahead. Finish I, your thought. You no, know, it, it's just when when Bucky made that call, I was just like – the thing is like but Bucky, Bucky, Bucky's got the hookup because for, for all practical purposes, he's Wakandan. He is Wakanda. He, he's Wakanda. Mm-hmm. He, he has a him, title. They gave him a name that makes him Wakanda. He's Wakanda. And you know what? He used his resources because he knew Sam needed to be in that suit. Mm-hmm. And 
And, you know, and the thing was, no matter how much he pushed, he knew that Sam needed to get there, yep. but he knew Sam was going to get there. Yep. And, yeah, so. I, well, th- th- I think part yeah. of that part of that also comes down to Bucky trusted Steve. And he knew if Steve handed him the shield, this is what Steve wanted. Right. Well, and you do find out that Bucky knew he, Steve was giving the shield to Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yes. That Bucky was basically like, yeah, that's the good call. Yeah, Bucky didn't want it. No, Bucky didn't want it. You know, and I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've seen some people complain, but the thing is, if you paid attention, d- don't look at the comics in this particular instance. Look at the character of Bucky Barnes. Mm-hmm. If you look at him and his progression from Winter Soldier to where we are, mm-hmm. Bucky never wanted. And he he didn't want that shield. No. Yeah, he didn't. Well, His anything something else. Bucky, this whole time, anything that's happened to him until now has never been his choice. No, he did not want to become a super soldier. He did not want to work for Hydra. He was, none of these choices were given to him. So that that no. was, I think, the one of the first. I I honestly believe um, Steve gave him the choice and said, "Hey, are you gonna? Would you take up this mantle, or am I gonna give it to you?" Know what I mean. Yeah, and he, he actually had a choice to make. I, I I believe that too. And the thing is, we didn't need to see that on screen. Like, no. if, if it did mm-hmm. happen, we exactly. didn't need to see it because it was the weight of Sam of Steve telling Sam when Sam said it seems like it belongs to someone else, and Steve says it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, that that line there, it feels like it belongs to someone else. Is we've said this with other shows and everything else that that's the person you want to have it. Right. Yeah, they're they're right. not doing it because hey, I want to be Captain America. No, he's doing it because you know what? I don't want to do this, but there's no better option at the moment. Well, right. and honestly, Sam is a different person by the time he decides to take it. Exactly. Yes, he is. He so. knew that it the the reason for him to take that shield was not about him. Right. It was not about him. It's his entire journey. He knew that. So sometimes when you when you're given a a mission or a, a a burden or wherever it is it's not about you it's about a greater cause mm-hmm. and he he knew that as i just said people of color needed to see a person of color holding that shield yeah right well you could almost and the world needed to see yeah. a person of color holding that shield steve knew that i think you, know? you touched on it there that um when Steve picked up the shield and was given the shield and the mantle of Captain America back in the 40s, he represented the country of America to the rest of the world. Well, he was an underdog, too, at that point. Yeah. I think on it. But um, now that when Sam picks up the shield now, he's representing uh, um, America to the American people and saying, hey, right. yeah, I am part of America, too. I am an American. I'm not black. I'm yeah. not white. I'm not uh, Asian. I'm, the, I'm American. Yes. That's right. You know, and, I mean, like he said, you know, he said that he you know every time he he picks up that shield, he knows that there are going to be people out there who hate him for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? But and then you've got that guy in the crowd who says, "Hey, it's the Black Falcon," <laughs> and the guy next to him goes, "No, that's Captain America." Yeah, yeah, I I, I got goosebumps. <laughs> and, and you know what? We we have to talk about the the final the final scene. Yeah. Um, to watch to watch. Sam walk with Isaiah and um what's what's the the grandson? Eli. Eli. Isaiah and Eli to walk through the Captain America exhibit <clears throat> all the way through there and there is Isaiah's place 
right there embedded in the middle of all of that. Because yep. they could have easily put him up in the front and be like, okay, I see it. I'm done. Right. No, you. it was there. You had to walk with intent to get there to see it. And the look on his face, like the first time I saw it, I was like, you know, it was like, <gasps> you know. But the second time, I I might have been cutting onions, um, <laughs> and you know, and I and I've heard that from a lot of people. Um, the the look on Isaiah's face, and when he was able to walk his grandson over to that plaque, and to know that everybody was going to know what he did. Um, I well, you know what, uh, Eric said it, and I'm gonna say it here too. If Falcon and the Winter Soldier don't get Emmys out of this, I'm flipping <laughs> tables. I'm serious, a heart attack. I this show was well, so the thing is the the problem is too many people will look at it as a superhero show. Yeah. They won't look at it as meaningful drama, which it was. Yes. There was a lot there's a message in it. And um it, it's true. It it deserve I mean, I don't know along the way if we're gonna get them for any of the shows, but uh hopefully I mean there I think Disney's going to submit it right. for stuff. There's no question. The other good thing, right after Right after the finale aired, the day it aired, we found out that the showrunner and lead writer, Malcolm Spellman, has been tapped to co-write Captain America 4, which will feature Anthony Mackie in the role. Nice. Yes. And are you going to talk about it? The, 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 the photo experiences now. They, have, they updated right away when um, since Disneyland just reopened, they updated the Avengers photo op experiences from the Falcon wings to the Captain America wings. Oh, nice. So they're accepting him entirely. And he's the one who will be appearing in parks. Um, I think you're actually going to get both Captain Americas in parks now. Yeah. But I, but I don't think you're going to get Falcon anymore. I think you're right. just going to get straight up. Cause Captain we America. know who the new Falcon's going to be. We yeah, know, we, we know who got the wings. Um, you know, those wings were left out there. They didn't, they didn't, Wrap that one up. I know. Ooh, um, the, the intelligence guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Joaquin, in the comics, he does become Falcon. So, ah, I think. But, but his, his journey's different. There's actually more of like a bio type. Bio thing involved. But it looks like that's the way they're going, giving him, giving him those wings. And I'm pretty sure that he was working on those wings when Sam was giving his speech. Probably. I, I'm thinking Probably. he was. So, <laughs> I, you know what? Um, this this is one that I'm glad that we got this an episode at a time. I am, but I tell you what, this is definitely bingeable. Like you know what, if I wanted yeah, to take not, a D, it's not one that you have to think about no. like you did Wandavision. No, yeah. Um, well, and the, also the difference between this and Wandavision was a great. It was almost a contained story that affected mm-hmm. Wanda and Vision and that type of thing. But this is a story that's going to actually affect the entire MCU. Yes. This yeah, is I mean, with, this is I would say this is actually the first major step into the next phase. This is where we're starting at. Even though we've right, had right. other things that are for the, this phase we're in, but this is your first actual steps moving forward. Saying okay, this is what you're going to expect from here on. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's global effects from what has happened mm-hmm. um, between it between the heroes and the flag smashers and everything, and what the government's going to be choosing to do moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, interestingly, the other thing about Val is her first appearance was supposed to be Black Widow because that was supposed to come out before this series. Oh, that's she a- does come up in Black Widow. Leviathan in the comics did have ties to the Red Room. 
So there you go. There you go. So there's direct Black Widow ties. But right. um, so when we finally see the Black Widow movie in July, we will likely either hear the name or see her show up. I think it's supposed to be an actual appearance. I think that's where she was supposed to show up first. Wow. So um, so we will be seeing her there. So there's it'll be interesting to find out more about her character from that. And then we may be able to figure a little bit more with John Walker, too. Yeah. Oh, and, and Zemo, he's still... He, I have to admit that last scene. Zemo became likable. How did that happen? Yeah, I, I <laughs> love the character of Zemo in this. <laughs> I mean, the best, the absolute best scene with Zemo was when the Dora Milaje came into his apartment and started fighting, and he's standing in the background sipping whiskey. Like, and then, <laughs> and then he just kind of steps into the bathroom and closes the door, and while everybody else is fighting. No, I fully agree on that one. That was but, fantastic. Hey, you know the 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 scene at the end where you know the the super soldiers get taken out, and then you're looking and you realize that that was his butler, and his butler just looks like, oh, I I, no, I got yeah, time got to it. go and make some creme brulee. You know, just... click, click the button, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> Zemo, Zemo didn't want anyone else on the raft. That was it. There's there's enough people there. Hey, he's well, just that... sitting there, hear the news, and he's like, okay, done. <laughs> yeah. This, now, if nothing else, this series, um showed dramatically that Zemo really the whole reason he's doing anything was just to stop the super soldiers. Yep. Yep. It wasn't global stuff that he's trying to do. No, he was and um by seeing more of his backstory fleshed out, you actually that's what he said, you start to feel sympathetic for the guy cuz he's doing this because of what happened to his country. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I get that. That's the other thing too. If I was in his shoes, you never know. You never yeah. know. Well, I, and he had- and he had the money to do it. When they actually find out he was a bear, I, you know, I was, I was aristocracy in my country before you destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Um, once again, it's as we've seen on other things, and this, he's doing the wrong things for the right reasons. Flag yeah, Smasher, exactly. same thing. He's doing. They're doing the wrong things for what could be seen as the right reason. I mean, it's that's just it. It's like so many of the supposed villains are actually trying to do something decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But their manner of it and the extremities of it just don't match up with trying to keep things contained. Right. Well, we're going to have to um, wrap this up because we're going. We're starting to go long. Uh, we didn't even get into the Flag Smashers or any of that stuff. But as you said, uh, she's going to be in Black Widow anyway. So and we're definitely going to be talking about that. <laughs> So maybe we'll maybe we can revisit this in a couple of months before Black Widow, just as just as a touch up on where we're going. Maybe maybe we'll get like you know one more trailer or something, and we'll we'll actually see her or, or hint at her or something. True, exactly. So, um, anything else before we wrap up Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or now Captain America and the Winter Soldier? The White Wolf. Yeah. Hmm? The White Wolf. Yeah. Captain now- America and White Wolf. We'll we'll see that they never announced for any of these series if there was going to be more than one season. This one, there's a strong possibility, especially when you consider the movies we're getting this year have nothing to do with these characters. Yeah. They're right. all, once again, other than Black Widow, um, it's one of the slight criticisms I've had over the last couple of years with um, Marvel movies that they've gotten almost too cosmic. They're too big. Well, this it's, it's, brought it down closer. The movies are back doing big stuff again, so maybe we're just going to stay small on the TV screen. I mean, um, action-wise, this was movie quality. Oh, anyway. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm talking implications. Like... But- Shang, Shang, Shang-Chi is not, it, it's still Earthbound. Eternals yeah. is still Earthbound. Spider-Man's still Earthbound. See, I thought Eternals it's was not- going to be a, glo- a cosmic movie. No. Eternals are about people who have been here forever. Okay. That's what Eternals 
means. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it may have some things going on on, on a, a different level, but, um, but anyway, it's not going to involve the Avengers is what it comes down right. to. Aside from Spider-Man, who's not even going to be part of them anymore, really, right. um, when you the movie. So we're not going to see these guys in action for a while. So they could go into another season before it gets to the Captain America movie. That's yeah. true, because we got we have uh, Captain Marvel 2 coming up. We're going to have Doctor Strange Doctor 2. Strange, Ca- uh, Cap- uh, Black Panther 2. There's another Guardians. No, the Guardians. <laughs> uh, so there, there's going to be a lot that's going to come up before we get uh-huh, another. Exactly. So it, it could have another season. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. what they're hinting at yeah. with well, end screen. And that's one thing this did very successfully. It felt like this was bridging the gap and moving you to where these guys are going now. Hey, this yeah. is what we're still doing. So they're still in the universe here. While even though right. everything else is dealing with other stuff, this stuff is still happening. And and the thing is we're going to get that same thing with Loki. It's going to have a di- totally different feel again, but that's another character we're not going to see for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even though they've been filming Thor Love and Thunder, you're not getting to it for a while yet. No. So we're still seeing Loki and things. Yeah. We're, again, reminded of it. So it's, it's kind of a brilliant thing that Disney and Marvel did right. to come up with these shows as a means of keeping them in mind. Well, but, this is- you know, I want to bring something up as an interesting thing because there, there was a big update with uh, Marvel Strike Force. They brought they, – and they added to the game uh, Colleen Wing and Misty Knight under Heroes for Hire. I think that we're going to see something with them. Uh, I think we're going to start seeing maybe a focus. I don't know if it's fair to call it that of more earthbound characters, like more street level. Mm -hmm. I think we're actually going to see that because there's also been rumors about doing something with the Punisher and Jessica Jones showing up and stuff. They've they've said Jessica Jones might show up in the She-Hulk show. Okay, that would fit. Which fits completely when you've got a lawyer and a private investigator. (laughs) Well, also you're going to the way to guarantee it is. When do the Netflix shows show up on Hulu? Well, the the thing is, at the moment, all the Netflix characters, the rights have gone back to Marvel slash Disney. So, but the shows stay on Netflix, right? So, no, I don't think so. Um, but basically, they have the rights to use the characters however they want at this point, right? Yeah. So, so that's why I say, when are they going to actually show up on Hulu? You know, mm-hmm. they they've done a good mix both in the movies and on TV shows of bringing in new characters with the established ones. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And actually, (laughs) let me do a quick check. Are the Marvel shows still on Netflix now? I don't know that they are. See how fast I can go. Because if they've already pulled them down from there, then it's like, it's not going to be long. Because you know Marvel's going to want to try to put those up somewhere. Right. Uh, Still on Netflix. Okay. So we will see what happens. If nothing else, like you said, it could be just the characters show up and the actors playing those characters. Because a couple of them have cheekily and very underhanded said that they're still interested or they're still available for those roles. Yeah. Yeah, they have made it known that that they're still wanting to do something. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Right. So it is time to wrap it up, unfortunately. So, um, but Geeksters, we have gone a little longer today. Thanks for sticking around with us. But this conversation is definitely not over. So let us know what you thought about this. And we may end up having, if we get enough people talking about it and asking us questions and things, we may go longer on or do another show. You never know. This is, I think this is the most, um, for the MCU, the, for a show, uh, these shows really, this reminded me of the shorts they did in the first, the first phase. But this yeah. is actually the way where the shorts were leading to. Those were bridges yeah. in between movies. Well, this is the modern version of what those shorts were. 
time. Right. Except we're getting an entire series about it. Yeah. Instead of getting 10 to 15 minutes, you're getting six hours. So, but what did you think of it? Are we totally off the marker? What did we totally miss on this recap? Let us know. You can get a hold of us at www.geekwatch1.com. Anywhere, everywhere, all social media, we are Geekwatch1. If you put Geekwatch1 into a search bar and don't find us, let me know. Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. I'll send that Wakandan tech after it. That's <laughs> right. That or Redbird. <laughs> you can also email us, geekwatch1 at gmail.com. We're proud members of the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and the Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective at weebygeekspc.com. And don't forget to check out our buddies, Charlie Murphy, over with Stray Dog, Cafe 388, and The Akron Pickle. Don't forget about The Akron Pickle. You can search them on all social media to get all your information about all your hot dog and sauce and pickle needs. Then finally, there are friends over at The Pop Insider and The Toy Insider. Check them out at thepopinsider.com and thetoyinsider.com. Other than that, for Kylan and Dawn and Vicky and myself, just remember... No matter where you go, there you are.